0: What's up independent agents are you driving your clients off to the carrier self-servicing platforms after the sale just to minimize your service demand stop doing that with the premier mobile and web agency solution Glovebox. now you can keep your clients in front of your agency at all times all while delivering the carrier self-service experience that will minimize your service costs and absolutely wow your customers on top of that Glovebox will help you increase your cross-sales, referrals, and overall retention with an easy-to-use policyholder interface. Trust me, guys, we are using this at Portal Insurance, and this is literally happening. We are selling policies and servicing policies through our app. Schedule your demo with Glovebox today, and be sure to mention the Insurance Guys podcast for 20% off of your subscription for the life of your account. Guys, it's so cool that I can tell my clients, download the Portal app. Thanks, Glovebox
1: insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist from iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome. He is a six foot three sophomore from Saraland, Alabama. Parade first team All-American, rivals, five-star recruit, He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley?
0: You forgot it again.
1: No, I did not forget it. Oh, you delayed. I've I've decided as a, it was such a great idea to forget it, that I would just wait. There you go until, and then go, oh my gosh. I forgot to say insurance agents from around the world. You are listening to the insurance guys podcast powered by Glovebox. <laughs> guys, if you're not using Glovebox, you need to start. Hey, by the way, Bradley, yeah, they sent me something last week and I was looking at it and they now directly integrate with nationwide. Did you know that glove box? I, I didn't know that. That's pretty freaking cool, man. Hey,
0: tell me what the number five on your hat means.
1: That is my clothing line that I have started. Okay. Uh for my friend Top Five, Louis Gazatua down in Jag Insurance. It is a lifestyle brand. We're working on a sponsorship right now with American Express, where you have a top five platinum or titanium card through American Express. It's gonna have a clothing line, uh healthcare products, uh lotions, potions, and of course a scent. We have to have a cologne. That goes with the top five lifestyle brands. So ladies being and gentlemen, serious right now? absolutely. Yeah. I told him, uh, I guess it was a month ago that I was creating a lifestyle brand around him because he's just somebody that needs a lifestyle brand. And, uh, he was like, are you, are you kidding me or are you serious? And I was like, I'm dead serious. I've got hats on the way. I told Michael so, and Taylor that they should literally sell insurance soup.
0: Like they should sell soup. <laughs> it right. It was insurance soup.
1: Just all I, all I have to do is have Campbell's rebrand, put the you know, the insurance soup logo all over the cans instead product, of the Campbell product liability might be a little too difficult on that. I don't know. Well, guys, we are blessed and humbled to have you here today. We were supposed to be interviewing Mr. Andy Frasilla today. Andy's had some things come up this morning. We're unable to do that. So I talked with Bradley and I said, Man. Let's just get back to our roots where it all started, baby, me and you, nobody else, just us talking about insurance, insurance agencies, what's working, what's not working in the trust tree. Yeah. We're going to get climb up in the trust tree today. And you know what, Bradley, of all the people we've ever had on the podcast, some of the best comments and statements I've ever had were based on just podcasts with you and I just Uh sitting here talking, you know?
0: Yep. I can concur.
1: So, so let me ask you a couple of questions. Number
0: one, today's not the best day for me to be talking about my agency. So this might be good for everybody
1: listening. (laughs) Well, it's like coaching a kid in baseball and you're, you're taking your iPhone or your iPad and you're recording their swing. You don't want to record them having a great swing. You want to record what the mistakes are in their swing so that you can fix Mm -hmm. them. Well, it's
0: it, uh, uh, there's a, a guy that, that I know that he's a world renowned golf instructor. His name's Ron Gring, and uh, I think he's in Oregon now. Uh, he used to be here in Daphne, and or here in Mo- in Daphne, which is a suburb of Mobile. But uh, and he used to say everybody's good shots are good. Correct difference in a, a a pretty good amateur, an average, wow. averagely good. Is that a word? Averagely, yeah. an averagely good an, amateurs good shot is going to be very very similar to that of a pga tour player the difference is is a amateur's bad shot and a professional's good shot bad shot are going to be completely different and that's what you have to do is you have to make the i think an insurance agency make the bad days and the bad months not so bad Mm. not the good months good everybody's good months are good
1: that's exactly right and and the other the other beautiful thing about being an agency owner and having being a part of an agency is you can minimize the longer you're in insurance, I think you have a better chance based on your experience level, mm-hmm. situations you've been in in the past, maybe minimizing some of those bad things that early on in your career spin out of control and you're like, yeah. Oh my God, this is or the just thing that's ever compartmentalizing
0: happened. it, you know, yeah, making, right. making rationale of it, you know, mm-hmm. or a client, you know, I'm, I'm by no means where I should be, but you know, a client pulling out of a deal, I react completely different to that today as I would even a year or two ago. Right. You, know? I'll tell
1: you I, I was actually thinking about this morning, how different we respond to people, Leaving our agency now for whatever reason doesn't matter why, you, you know, nobody's going to keep a hundred percent of their clients. And I think when you're smaller, meaning you just got started or you don't have a lot of premium on the books, man, that hurts so bad when you get one of your clients, especially somebody you really like that leaves you and you're thinking about that premium that just walked out the door. Where when you're in growth mode and you're selling. A ton of insurance every month. You still want to find out why they left and yeah. try to leave that door open for them to come back. But it just—it's different. It's like, okay, we'll go do your thing. We're gonna well, do our thing.
0: You understand fighting it and trying to keep it from happening is going to do no good. What you're gonna help uh, one out of ten, right? Maybe one out of ten. You know, I, I know of an agent that. Everybody that cancels, they require them to come into office and sit down with the agent and we're going to talk about it and we're going to look at both policies and see what happens. Wow, I've never broke that voice out before. (laughs) Anyway, and I'm like, okay, that might work one out of every 10 times, but you've pissed off the other nine by making it super difficult for them to cancel their insurance. Now, I don't think you should let people willingly walk out the door. You have to do your due diligence and, hey, can we get a copy of this deck page via email? You know, we're still your agency right now. Let's make sure we're reacting, acting in your best interest, but don't make it difficult. Mm-hmm. and and if, if you make it relatively easy to leave it's going to be relatively easy for them to come back but i was oh. thinking yesterday about a client there was a somebody i had to deal with recently that i was like man they used to be a client of mine at alpha and i remember they canceled their insurance over some stupid stuff that had nothing to do with insurance and i remember being so pissed off that they left and i thought back and i'm like wow that was 250 in commission i, I probably let myself have a bad day over that you know
1: Hey, I'm going to tell you this, the quickest way to never get a client back is they call or they email or they text or they do something to tell you, Hey, we're going with somebody else and to call them up and try to make them feel like they made a stupid decision. People hate it when you, well, why'd you do that? Well, that's, they're awful. Why would you, why would you take out a policy with that agent or that carrier? That, 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 that policy's not worth the papers, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then just hi-hat them and berate them until, you know, until they y'all finally get into it and get off the phone. And then you, an hour later, you're like thinking to yourself, well, they damn sure won't uh-huh. ever come back to us ever. Our,
0: our version of that, that call is, Hey, can I ask a question? I understand y'all left. Can I ask you what went wrong? What did we, what would we do? What, what could we have done better? And usually right. it's, Oh man, there's nothing y'all could have done, you know, da, da, da. and if there is something, then you want to know, but there's nothing, you know, they just had a better rate or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, good. Well, since we didn't do anything wrong, you know, would you mind if I quoted you again in six months? Would you mind absolutely. if I quoted you again in a year? Would you mind? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and what we get a lot of, as I've said before is, man, I'm coming back to y'all cause I can just text y'all and y'all handle it or I'll call you and you can handle it. This other place wants me to come in and they want to sit down and talk about life insurance and, and right. everything has to be a wet signature and I have to download this stupid app to make it work and and that sort of thing. So um if I do and in that call, Scott, if I do sense that the moment is right, I will say things like, Well, hey, look, just so you know, mm-hmm. the rub on this particular carrier is da, da 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 da, you know, or we'll you know, we have folks that have some, you know, maybe their house, it's say it's a homeowner's policy. Their house is kind of questionable like, mm-hmm. if it's gonna pass an inspection, mm-hmm. and we and we get a lot of this actually, mm-hmm. where somebody's leaving. We have we we put people with the right carrier. We don't try to force people with a carrier that that is not a good fit for them just to get the rate down. Right, and you know somebody will get mad and they'll want to reshop, and we'll reshop, or we'll maybe they don't get mad. We just offer to reshop because it went up, and hey, this is the best carrier for you. Well, then they're leaving us to go to a carrier that that we quoted them that we did not offer because it wasn't a good fit and in a lot of cases it's you know they're going to xyz carrier that inspects heavily and is going to nitpick and go through the house with a fine-tooth comb and do an interior inspection and i tell them hey look i'm gonna be honest with you guys like that's what we quoted you with that carrier the house is not going to pass inspection in a nice way and, and a lot of times in that case we can save it if not we'll, we'll even say hey look you know see if they can go ahead and move that inspection up to next week and see what happens with that before we cancel everything.
1: That's exactly what I was about to ask you. Do you just tell them to stay on the books until the inspection's over?
0: Well, the, so you don't want somebody double covered because that can get to some weird issues if there's a claim. But what we'll do is have the cancellation and maybe we'll hang on to it, Right, you know? I mean, it really is acting in the customer's best interest. I don't want them to cancel my policy, mm-hmm. go to another carrier. They have an inspection issue, and then we have to rewrite it over here. Now, this carrier's inspection, it now they're in this vortex of right. carrier inspections. And so, and then the other thing we run into a lot is, and if you want to know who's doing this, if you're listening to this, if you're one of the thousand people in Alabama that listen to this, or in, in South Alabama that listen to this and want to know who it is, just call me. but we run into somebody's leaving us for a competitor for a stupid low rate. And that is with one of the carriers. We quoted them. Right. And I just straight up tell them in that case, I'll be like, Hey John, um, we quoted you would say sure. And our rate was 2100. I don't know where this 1300 came from, but we both have the same rates. So something is off with this quote, send me the quote. And then we'll find what, what was happening. know.
1: And then their, their deductibles on their quotes, (laughs) $25,000. What it's a lot of,
0: so down here, there's a company called DisasterSafety.org, but uh-huh. so what they do is they've engineered this program to, it's it's essentially, in a nutshell, building codes above and beyond city and state mandated building codes. Right. And there's three levels. There's what what we call gold, silver, bronze. It's actually not called that anymore. It's fortified roof, fortified something else, fortified home, and it's it's things like strapping the rafters down, uh, reinforced shingles, uh, hurricane shutters, things like that, that make the house further withstand wind damage. Some companies don't verify if the house has it or not. So what we run into a lot of is people will put those gold discounts on there Uh when the house is not a gold house. And Uh I tell the, you know, we have to tell the client in that case, look, that's going to be all good and fine until you have a claim. And then they're like, wait a minute, this son of a gun blew away and it wasn't supposed to, that's going to be a problem. So we run into a lot of that, uh, not right. so much deductible stuff, because the thing is the difference in a 2 and a 5% deductible rate-wise is not a ton. So, sorry, I'm, I'm rambling.
1: No, I, this is the stuff I love. I love li- talking about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about your agency. It's been about six months since you and I gave a State of the Union on where our agencies are in terms of, new stuff that maybe y'all are using in your agency or new technologies, ways of doing things, processes, and procedures. Talk a little bit about over the last six months since about January when the, I think the last time we did one of these podcasts was, what are you guys doing differently? What's working? What's not working? You know, the one of the biggest things that we have done
0: in just the last really month or two is we've implemented the Donna platform from Arias analytics. This is not a commercial I'm paying for Donna to help us further understand our book of business. Right. And what that does for everybody listening is that integrates with your management system and it tracks every single data point, every single click that happens on that customer's account. And the Arias analytics also ties in Big data from some of these big data companies. I don't know any of the names but something like an Experian and it will tie that into your customer account and give you insights on your customer. And one example I was showing a carrier rep earlier this week of how we're using that is is going in or how we're, we're going to be using it. We're, I'm slowly rolling it out to my team. I'm using it heavily every single day. My team doesn't have access to it yet just because we've just got some things we've got to sew up, but I'm using it heavily when dealing with customers and looking for prospect opportunities. And one of those ways is you go into the customer's profile and it gives you this chart. It's basically the life cycle of this customer. And it's got little check marks of every single thing that's happened in that customer's, in that customer's life with your agency mm-hmm. as it relates to insurance and that all factors into a score that they call the centimeter score, which is like a one to a hundred on how happy that customer is. And it shows you certain things that happened that caused it to increase or drop. And when you click on it, it tells you what it is. And, and then you can go into, there's another screen that shows you customer insights and it'll show you things that these customers are interested in that you don't know. And that's based on the big data sources. So for example, The reason I showed this, I had a carrier rep that was questioning whether some of the technology we use uh, hurts our relationships with the customer. And I was showing her this to say, no, this actually enhances the customer relationship because I can go to this screen and I know that this person likes cigars. And there was one on there that he likes cigars. I'm like, I like cigars. I'm going to call him and we're just going to chat about Cuban cigars. I might even send him one in the mail, you know. I know that they are he was into collectibles. Okay, well that's some stuff we can insure and things like that. So there's some really neat things you can do with having access to that data. And then the last screen that we're using on the customer profile is it gives you predictions. So it'll scrape our book of business and it'll make recommendations based on coverages or policies that it doesn't see. So that's one thing that we, we haven't fully implemented it yet, but we're slowly rolling out that I, I think it's going to go from kind of an afterthought in my team's mind to it being kind of the go-to program when we need to do something or look something up on a client.
1: Right. So... When we got on here today, you were like, man, bad day to be talking to me about this agency. What are some things right now, just like myself, just like every agent that's listening to this right now, what are some things that are going, I don't want to say not so well, but just challenges that you're having right now?
0: I'm going to give you my three biggest frustrations right now. My number one frustration is, and I have to be very careful how I say this because it could come across as egotistical. The volume of business in which we, the volume of leads in which we obtain, we don't have the manpower or the woman power to handle that right now in an effective manner and also make sure from a quality control standpoint that the customer service is good. So we're having to turn a good bit of business away or maybe not quite give that new prospect the experience that we normally would just because we don't have the capacity to handle that. Mm-hmm. So my number one goal right now is to get me another producer in this office who wants to sell and be successful. Mm-hmm. That's frustration number one. Um, we have a couple people that we've not made offers to, but they're going to that I think could be well. We just have some, they have some things they have to work on their end. Um, so that's frustration number one. I can't hire people as fast as Scott Howell does. I don't know how he finds these rock stars. I'm just picking you do have a bunch of rock stars. Well,
1: like, I do some, some fell in my lap from past relationships and some. Nothing
0: happens by chance though. It's because of the relationships you've built and right. action. Yeah. My buddy, Chris may seems to be hiring somebody every other week. And he told me the other day, he's like, actually we hired them all at one time and we just dripped out the, the hiring. I was like, well, good for you though. Still I hire three people at one time. Anyway. So that's frustration. Number one, frustration. Number two, is kind of ties in with that is we're looking i'm always analyzing my process five minutes before we came on the air this whiteboard had our entire new business sales process drawn out on it in a flow chart and i sat down with my team and we're looking at ways to increase efficiencies and to shorten our process from a time standpoint right um, to get quotes out faster not that getting a yeah in some cases getting a quote out super fast is going to help you but we want to get our quotes out faster so our time is freed up to quote and write more people so there's that some of our our struggles on that is none of our carriers on raiders so we we have it's going to take us exponentially longer to quote somebody that is some that is some of you guys in states where you have travelers and nationwide and auto owners and Everybody's on Raiders and it's just fine and dandy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure it's not just fine and dandy, but it is a little bit easier when everything plugs into a Raider. So there's that. And that's something that we're just, that's just going to have to get better over time. You know, third biggest problem right now is probably from a technology standpoint, most of our technology is doing about 80% of what it needs to do. And we've got to figure out the other 20%, whether it's convincing the technologies we use to bring on some of those features or um, finding other technologies to fill that gap. And as everybody knows, I want less tech that does more. And we're trying to do a lot of things to make that happen.
1: Well, all of that sounds like stuff that you can accomplish and work towards. Yeah. I think, you know, the hiring stuff, and you and I talked about this, I think a couple of days ago. It's just, it's really hard to find good people. And when I say good people, there's a lot of good people out there, but just good people who fit your culture, who have the work ethic that you need. Uh, I heard somebody, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday and he was talking about most people hire people and then try to motivate them. He said, we, we hire motivated people and then we train them. I like that. And and I thought that was a great line. I, I love that, by the way. I,
0: I think you have a couple things going on right now. I've thought about this a lot. As we started having trouble finding good candidates prior to everyone on social media fussing about unemployment. Um, back in, shoot, I don't know, February-ish, I was telling a buddy, man, man I've never had to take this long to get some good candidates. He's like, oh, it'll come around and it hasn't come around. Uh, I think you have a couple things going on. I think, one, I think some of, the, some of the free money has definitely contributed to that. I don't want to go political, but some of that is definitely a part of it. Two, I think that there's some unsureness in the marketplace right now. People are a little bit scared to change jobs with there being so much just instability in the world. Right. I think that's part of it. I think people are looking for things in their life that are stable. And I think if they have a good job, they're not going to want to leave it unless something bad happens. So I think there's that. I think that compounded with the social anxiety of masks, no masks. Do I work in the office? Do I shake somebody's hand? Do I wear a suit? Do I, I, think, I think those things. And then and then also I mean there's a lot of been a lot of opportunities created through covid. I think a lot of people have started side hustles, they're working out and Agreed. stuff like that and people working from home and realizing, "Wait a minute, I can work from home for a company in Alabama that's paying me $70,000 a year mm-hmm. or I can work from home in Alabama for a company in San Francisco that's paying me $170,000 a year." So I think those four things combined together is causing a lot of this instability in the job market. Um, and it's why so many good companies right now are struggling to find people that are just average, let, let alone good people.
1: You yeah. know? Well, I, I have a couple of my best friends I grew up with. We went to kindergarten together and spent the night at each other's house. And one of them works for Kemper. He's an attorney for Kemper. And he and I, when we were in kindergarten and first grade, we'd go in his mom's kitchen And we would set the timer on the microwave and we would play some of the most epic Nerf basketball games in her kitchen that you have ever seen in your entire life. So you'd set the timer on like five minute quarters and then we would just dominate. I mean, it should have been televised on ESPN. Anyway, he was telling me last week and and i got a couple other buddies that are executives in the, on the carrier side of insurance that, They have, since COVID is kind of on the downhill slide right now, as far as cases and people getting back vaccinated, they've started asking people to come back to work at these major carriers. And like 90% of their people are choosing to continue to work from home. Uh And I, I was a little bit stunned by that because, all of my people want to come in the office and work here. That's they because don't...
0: you have a good culture and you're fun to be around and you guys are a family. These well, big corporations aren't like that. It freaking sucks to go into another building with a thousand other people who hate their job too.
1: Right. Right. And, you know, if you're paying twelve hundred, fifteen hundred dollars a month for child care until five o'clock or six o'clock and you've got a one hour commute, you've got to go pick your uh second grader up, you know, maybe you work from home now you get to go pick them up bring them back home you you don't have that expense hey scott so
0: you just reminded me of something i was going to say do you know where the first location for the of the insurance guys conference is going to be where disney world
1: (laughs) come on with it baby that's high dollar right there although although i have thought of that before if you had a conference at disney world then that's a business expense write off for all of these agents because you're going down there to a conference, take the family, let them go, you know, for half I think, a day. I
0: think that would be the family equivalent of having a conference in Vegas. It's yeah. not going to work out great.
1: <laughs> but, uh, they were telling me that the people that I've talked to are all with three or four different agencies. Mm-hmm. I mean, not agencies, carriers, but they're all telling me that that percentage number of people coming back is only like 10 or 15 percent because right now they're giving them the option you work from home or you can stay you know you come in the office
0: yeah it's it's interesting for sure i mean we we all wanted to be here i've got one person that prefers to work from home a couple days a week just just for the heck of it you know and and we were more profitable obviously as we're not spending energy in terms of power and water and stuff like that we we're more profitable when we work from home, but we all just like being around each other. I'll, I'm I'm I like to have an office to go to, right? You know, switching gears a little bit here. T- have you guys brought on any new carriers or talked to any new carriers? I, t- talk a little bit about. I don't think you've covered this. You know, you went independent from Nationwide, and you still had to like sell oh, yeah. yourself to a lot of carriers. Oh yeah. I have an interesting conversation I had with a carrier recently yesterday that uh, I think some, some of the guys and gals listening to this will appreciate, but talk a little bit about how that's been. <laughs> so
1: without naming we, any
0: carrier names, unless right, you want to.
1: Right, no, 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 I'm, unless I'm, they I'm,
0: crapped on you and you want to hang them out to
1: dry. Well, they did, but I'm still not going to, one day they might give me a it's contract. More of, it's more <clears> of <the> Bradley <throat> thing. I understand. So when we left nationwide, uh, as an exclusive agency force, we, our agency chose to join the collective. If you're a nationwide agent, it's called the agency cluster. If you're an independent, it's called the collective, the agency collective. And that was instrumental in us getting some appointments because instead of working with a local marketing rep, we were working more with a, what they call like a cluster marketing rep, if you will. And that relationship is, it's, it's a little different in some ways. Now, we still have some local marketing reps. In fact, the progressive marketing rep called me yesterday, and he said, hey, they're, they're letting me back on the road, and I'm coming to see you. <laughs> I, saw I that. Said, that come, I said, come on. I said, I saw that email that they sent out yesterday. Yeah, he called me yesterday morning. But, you know, we picked up a lot of contracts. We had a lot of people tell us no. And some of those carriers, we're still holding out hope to one day have a contract there's still about three or four major carriers that I would love to have really more. So we we got just about every single contract we wanted for personal lines. Mm -hmm. Okay. If we wanted it, we pretty much got it. It's the commercial side of the house where you've got some of, uh, what I would call blue blood carriers that were just like, no, we're not giving you a contract. We're, we're, we got too many agents in your area anyway. Don't even think about it probably won't ever happen. And I'm like, okay, okay, well, we'll, we'll see about that. Just, just stand by and let's, we'll talk in a year. So that's kind of where we are with that right now. So the, the major carriers we don't have, we don't have, we don't have Cincinnati. We don't have auto owners and, After you read that email, I sent you, we may not never get auto owners because they were just like, don't, don't ever call us again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) the big one that really kind of shook me because it seems like everybody around me has one of these contracts was travelers would not, we have travelers personal lines and we write some business their, their rate right now. They're a little out Mm -hmm. of step with their rate. But their commercial group was just like, we will never give you a contract as long as you live. Don't ever call us again. We don't write Habitational, uh, which, by the way, every single agent I talked to that writes Habitational, including Andrew Ryan right before he came on the podcast the other day, telling me that he just wrote a large Habitational account with Travelers. But they were like, never ever call us again for anything you will never get a contract we don't care what happens in your life if not, you even if the ball,
0: a, not even if there's a fire
1: it, not if you win the powerball lottery for 500 billion dollars do not call us that's pretty much what i got from that conversation very terse conversation with their commercial whoever the person was i was on the phone with yeah. very very not good conversation
0: I had an interesting conversation with a carrier rep yesterday, and I want to use this as a case study for our listeners, okay? Everybody goes independent. They talk to all these carrier reps, and what do they do? I feel like a lot of folks, including myself some in the beginning, make a lot of promises they know they can't keep. And you end up with these carrier appointments with production requirements that you have to fill and I don't give a crap what anybody says. Production requirements are going to make you take your eye off the ball of what is best for your customer. Right. You know, if you're and if you don't believe me, if you're down at the end of the year and you need one more policy to fill that production requirement or get that bonus, and Travelers is the best – the company for this customer but you have to have right one more with cincinnati you're going to freaking write the policy with cincinnati even though it may you know, anyway i'm a big proponent of just being straight up with my carrier reps if we can't fulfill a commitment for example i'm probably the only independent agent in the state of alabama that's ever turned down a traveler's personal lines appointment because they wanted me they they wanted me to do something that i knew we couldn't do they wanted us to write x amount of home policies in a month and guess what travelers doesn't write freaking wind in the county you know what they wanted me to do they wanted me to write a separate wind policy i'm like i'm not doing that because i'm in the best interest of the customer and also it makes it really freaking hard on us when you download and the wind carrier doesn't but anyway so i was like hey no it's it's not going to work like you know i'll tell you You will be, and the carrier in question yesterday was not Travelers, you will be our number one auto carrier in six months. You'll be our number one umbrella carrier in six months if you will appoint us. We'll write a couple hundred thousand dollars in premium with you in the first few months, but I'm not going to write any homes if you're not doing wind. And so I I turned down the appointment. And literally, Scott, like basically all I had to say was, yes, I will do this. And probably wouldn't have lost the appointment, but still, I don't like making promises I can't keep. And so yesterday, I'm talking to this carrier, okay, not going to say who, what, when, or how, but I'm talking to this carrier about an appointment that we got, and it wasn't really for Alabama. We were getting this carrier for another state that they're competitive in. And uh, there was somebody I wrote with at Alpha, so I didn't reach out to them initially. I didn't want to muddy those waters and we're in the process of getting appointed and you got to remember okay these carrier reps you are their customer they are trying to sell you just as hard as you're trying to sell them in most cases and it's a negotiation whether you want to think it is or not it's a negotiation and so i'm on the horn with this carrier okay and this carrier rep says well hey look You know, our base commission is 15. I can get you some additional commission if you will give me a production requirement. Like if you'll tell me, hey, I think we can do this much, I can give you some more points. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. The way that we choose to put a client with a carrier has nothing to do with how much commission they pay us. The way we choose to put a client with a carrier depends on are they the best fit for the customer. Okay, mm-hmm. if they are the best fit, if it's very clear who the best fit for the customer, that's the carrier we're going with. Doesn't matter. Right. The next thing is is how easy did they make it for us to write the policy, and then how easy do they make us make it for us to service the policy? Okay. So download. Um, how long does it take for us to fill the application out? Is there going to be a lot of ridiculous inspection requirements, things like that. So as you can imagine, like all the way at the bottom of that list are carriers that take forever to write and don't download. Right. Um, So that's, that's our hierarchy. So if you give me a couple more points, it's not going to make me write more business with you. The thing that's going to make me write more business with you is if I get access to your platform and I see how easy or difficult it is. And once we use it for a couple months, I can circle back to you and say, Hey Betty, I think we can, I think we can write, you know hundred thousand dollars with you and she says i tell you what i'm gonna give you 17 just because i can no production requirements mm. so that was gonna i don't think anything i said made them do that and this is no reflection on the carrier great conversation great carrier but i don't think anything i said made them do that i think it was gonna happen anyway but I think they were trying to negotiate with me and get me to commit to some production to hold my feet to the fire. Right. But I was going to get the same thing no matter what, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's some people may have listened to that. thought That's the stupidest story ever. Some people may listen to like, Oh, that's hilarious. Some people may say that's brilliant, but I think that's a good example of sticking to your guns, sticking to what you do and not deviating because somebody dangles, it's 2%. Somebody dangles 2% in your face.
1: So, You know what I mean? Oh, I do. I know exactly what you mean. So about four months ago, we decide, actually six months ago, we decide we're going to open an agency location in Michigan. One of my longtime employees, shout out to Athena Stevens, is moving back home to where her family is. Could
0: not be a more difficult state to open an agency
1: (laughs) in. Exactly. Maybe Florida. Maybe Florida. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a hilarious story. So... We have this wish list of carriers that we need for Michigan. And I always thought before I became an independent agent that if you had a, you know, if you had a contract in Alabama with this carrier, well, they'd just, you know, sign a piece of paper and you'd just start writing business up there where you're going, right? That's not necessarily the case, although most of our carriers have allowed us to write business up there. So this agency, Bradley, is opening next week. So about four months ago, we and had. Rats, a car- by the way, oh, thank you. So about four months ago, we had a carrier on our wish list. We did not have a contract with them. We jump on a Zoom call with them, and it is a carrier we really kind of needed. I mean, they were one of the ones we we were really, you know, wanting to get. And we get on this Zoom is call. The, is the general is that who it was. <laughs> no, we get on this Zoom call with a marketing rep, and. There's like seven people on this Zoom call. Actually, no, I believe there's four of us on the Zoom call. And first thing she comes out of the gate with is, Scott, I just want you to know that my boss is a huge fan of Bradley Flowers. (laughs) And I thought, well, this is a done deal. Why are we even talking? Just send me the contract.
0: But not not you? No, no, Bradley (laughs) Flowers.
1: And I thought... I thought, this is done. Why are we even sitting here talking? Let's all go to lunch, celebrate, right? So we talked through, we're talking and talking. She said, listen guys, what I need from you, this is very important, I need a business plan from you, Scott. And I said, no problem, we'll get you a business plan. Bradley Flowers, we put together the business plan to end all business plans. This business plan that we put together I literally almost drove it up to Nashville, to Vanderbilt University, walked into the master's degree program, slapped it on the desk and said, guys, when do I show up for my diploma for my master's degree? (laughs) That's this business plan. It's like 400 pages, demographics, geofencing. You know what we're gonna do? Real. Listen to this, guys. Realistic numbers. Who has ever put a realistic numbers together on a freaking insurance business plan? Nobody ever. So, we have got this business plan. Her boss is in love with Bradley Flowers. Two weeks go by. Guess what we get? The dreaded email. Bomb. 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 Hey, Sky bells
0: bells starts playing by
1: acdc hey, hey scott love your agency y'all are great my boss loves bradley flowers but they're here there there it went but um we're just gonna take a rain check right now but we'll we'll keep up with y'all and see what happens in about a year from now so that happened
0: do you think that that was decided before you wrote the business plan no idea See, so yeah, that's no where idea. I would be pissed off that you made me do this and only, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, let me say this, guys, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on because we don't have a, t- we got about 15, 20 more minutes and I want to go over some things with Bradley you're, here. You're
0: good. I got a little, I got a little while.
1: So, so Bradley, let me tell you about our agency right now. I'm going to tell you the good, the bad, and the, and the ugly things we're doing right now. We're in the midst of changing out all of our signage in all five locations. We were branded Nationwide, because we were a nationwide agency, I've got to change out all signage in every one of my locations. We are smack dab in the middle of doing that right now. And you wouldn't think that's a big deal, but it just takes a lot of time to create the signage, to get quotes from different places that do signage and all that. So that's one thing we're doing. We are in the middle of cleaning all of our data. Why? because of what I said on three podcasts ago, one day when we get ready to sell this agency, we need to have good, clean data. And we need to have good, clean data right now. We had almost Bradley don't, please don't pass out. When I say this 700 clients that did not have an email address in our AMS system, 700,
0: I bet we have a lot too
1: now. There are reasons for that, I won't go into that. It is not necessarily the producer's fault that didn't put it in there. When we transferred from Nationwide to Hawksoft, that particular data point did not transfer incorrectly. And the way that that information was conveyed over to us, meaning sent to us, was just literally a list of emails bigdaddy237 at, a, at aol.com the next what a, one
0: what a shit show nationwide big, come on big, big
1: birth of 2017 at gmail.com who the hell knows where that goes right
0: i bet you them guys that took that first nationwide independent option didn't get their data that way i bet <laughs> it was in a nice little box with a bow on
1: it yeah because most of them were worth about 50 million 100 million dollars in premium. So, so, so let me tell you the other reason we're doing this, Bradley, and you brought this up earlier and I want to expand on what you said. You talked about Donna. Donna is going to be a big part of our agency as well. We come back from Boston. Guess what we figured out in Boston. We don't even have Donna connected to rocket referrals. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even have that. So we, first thing we do connect it to rocket referrals. Second thing we figure out, we got to get all these email addresses because Donna pulls a lot of information from email addresses. Third thing we've had to instill in our people here, got to have buy-in for this. Every single phone call into our agency, two things happen. Number one, note gets put in Hawksoft, which Donna picks up on that. Uh And then the phone call gets put into Donna. Remember we talked about this in Boston. Mm, yeah. Because the Donna system has to have stuff to be able to <laughs> yes. create centimeter yeah. scores.
0: It analyzes your phone calls and will look right. for, it, it transcribes the phone calls, scrapes the phone calls and looks for certain trigger words that may indicate whether the client's happy or upset.
1: Exactly. Uh, and then also Just to clarify
0: for the audience.
1: Right. And and also any notes that you put in To Hawksoft front will will also be analyzed by Donna as well. So those are all touch points. Next thing we're doing processes. We spent two days last week with Chris Paradiso up in Stratford Springs. We are implementing processes from that trip to Stratford Springs, and I would say the number one process that we're implementing is putting every single piece of information in Soft when somebody calls. And the phone calls in. And then the second thing that we're doing that we're implementing right now, we've got a VA that's going to help us with this. Every single piece of business we write for the month per producer, our VA is going to do an audit at the end of the month on each one of those client files in Hawksoft to determine whether all 12 data points that were supposed to be put in that client file were put in there. The repercussions of not putting that in. Let me explain to all you agents what those repercussions are. First time offense, you get an ass chewing by Scott Howell, and that will be a moderate level ass chewing. The second offense will be a real Scott Howell, Paris Island, Marine Corps, you're going to start crying whether you're a man or a woman, ass chewing. Okay? That's second offense and you will not be happy for a long time when that happens. Third offense, you will not be paid commission moving forward on any policies that have been, or you won't be paid until it's corrected. Excuse me.
0: I'm going to ask the question. Everybody listening to this is wondering, please, what are the 12 data points?
1: They're what you would expect. They are Cell phone number, email address, correct mailing address, or a you know making sure mailing address, billing address has been put in, Uh, policy number,
0: referral source,
1: refer yes, thank you, referral source, who the agent that wrote it was, who's the who is the CSR? There, I I can't remember every one of them off the top of my head, but there's as I just spit that out, there's probably six right there. Mm -hmm. It's all simplistic information that just needs to be put in the system, right?
0: Yeah you got to do it at the time of binding or it's not going to happen.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. So all of that's happening. Next thing that we're doing, we are building out our customer experience right now. And part of that is going to be through automation. So let me tell you guys a couple of things we're doing here. Doesn't mean you have to do it. Freaking don't do it. Keep doing whatever the hell you're doing. I'm sure you're a lot better agent than I am. Two automations I'm putting in place. One was put in place yesterday and is already going. Bradley knows what it is when I say it. I have a birthday message that I have recorded. Hey, this is Scott Howell with iProtect Insurance. I just wanted to call you today and say happy birthday to you and tell you how much we appreciate your business and how much you mean to us. Happy birthday. Hope you have a great birthday week. That goes to a ringless voicemail. The way we were able to do that was through Google Calendar, which then syncs up to, what's the name of that program, Bradley?
0: Sly Broadcast.
1: Sly Broadcast, correct. We had to do it because Sly Broadcast recognizes or it can trigger based on birth date through Google Calendar. So if any of y'all don't understand that, I'm sorry, you'll have to get with Justin Miller in my office and he can explain it to you. Second thing I'm doing, again, this is going towards customer experience right now, not prospect. All of our customers are going to, the day before we have a severe weather day in North Alabama, which is about every third day of the freaking week up here, they will be getting a ringless voicemail from me that basically states, hey guys, this is Scott Howell with iProtect Protect Insurance. Tomorrow is going to be a severe weather day in, in the state of North or the, in North Alabama, keep your head on a swivel, go to the lowest level of your house. If the tornado does hit, you know, come to your area, blah, 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 blah. That voicemail will go out to all of our customers in North Alabama. Those are just a few minor the tweaks. Those are tweaks that we're putting together in terms of automations that we're going to be able to utilize moving forward. Now, yesterday, I saw one of the coolest automations I have ever seen. I'm gonna tell you who it is because I wanna give them a shout out. E-C-I out of Piedmont, Oklahoma. Look them up on Facebook. E-C-I, Piedmont, Oklahoma. Somebody showed me a Facebook video. It starts at their front door. The video, whoever's doing it walks through the office, you can see them open up a door to a conference room and there is their entire staff inside the conference room saying happy birthday. And then it shows them cutting a cake. And at the end of it, it says, or somewhere in the middle of it, it says, happy birthday, you're one of our favorites. They are sending that video out on Facebook to each one of their clients on their birthday. Now that's pretty damn solid right there. I like it, mucho. That I love. Just wanted to share that, Bradley. Your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, there's a lot
1: you don't like it. I can no,
0: no, 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 no. I do, I do. I think uh, my mind was wandering to the next thing I want to talk about. I think that the I like the storm thing. I really, really like the birthday ringless voicemail, especially if I think you have to say it in a way, almost make it purposefully sound off the cuff because you don't want them, if they think it's a robo message it you wasted your time. There's no right. need to doing that. I think making it, making it. I'm not saying like trick them, but like make them think it was for them. And I think that goes a long way. And I think what's going to happen is I think you're going to get a lot of callbacks, which is going to be nothing but good. It allows you to to reinforce that, that relationship with the customer. You know, I, I was in a group thread yesterday when Justin was kind of figuring that out. It's kind of cool to see that you guys have implemented it so fast.
1: Well, I told Chris Paradiso Friday when he called me, I said, the key to this whole thing when he gets back is how fast. I mean, every episode of this podcast since episode number one, I've said rewards come from action, not discussion. And what happens when you go to these things in the insurance industry doesn't matter what you go to, Elevate or Brain Share or whatever, the longer the lag time is from the time you go and come back to when you implement the harder it is to implement things. So it's almost like you're, you're rushing to implement what you learned or that you know would make your agency better. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. My curse. So like, like Laurel, one of the biggest compliments Laurel ever gave me was she's like, you take action. She's like, when you get an idea that you want to do, you do it. But my curse is, is that I have so many ideas are things that I've learned that I right. want to implement right. that I don't have enough time to do them all. You know what I mean? So I have all these things dog-eared in my brain that I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going to do that. Oh yeah, we're going to do that. Oh yeah, we're going to do that. Like I was just sitting here thinking like, I need to do a damn birthday ringless voicemail. Like I just, it's, it's something I believe I just haven't gotten gotten around to doing it,
1: you know? Yeah. And you're um, exactly right. It has to be, it has to have the perfect pitch tone the 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 hey hey this is scott howell with i protect yeah. uh like it is very personal to you yeah. it's just i'm not saying your name hey john yeah. hey kim last, last thing you could last- do what you could do
0: if your book of business is big enough is you could segment people okay i'm gonna give you an idea all right okay. take your book of business put it on google sheets sort it by alphabetically and take people like like Michael let's say you have 50 people named Michael mm-hmm. and you actually record one that says hey Michael right Take the, the 50 people named Sean record one that says Sean right there's probably segments of customers you could do that and as the agency grows you could have more and more people I mean that may be overthinking it and overcomplex, and by the time you do that you could have just called them but that is something you could do it's like some of these Facebook ads like I'll get Facebook ads and they'll have my name in it and it's because they've bought a list of 5,000 people named Bradley, right? and they're running an ad to that list. I want to ask you a question, Scott. Somebody asked me this a couple of years ago, and I was dumbfounded because I didn't have an answer for it. What, what is your definition of success or of a successful person? Because I have a couple of things that I've written down that I want to go over.
1: I remember you asking this, that was a kind of a hot button topic and you got a lot of great responses. The one thing I made a video out of it. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I remember. I've always thought that my definition of success is freedom. Uh, The freedom to do what you want when you want in terms of, I think that's one of the beautiful things about being an agency owner and getting the right people in the right on the right seats of the bus and creating the processes and training them properly which takes a long time that that's that's one of the failures that most agents have when they get in the industry is they don't realize how long it takes and that time frame can be shortened uh by either past experience or you know, having great mentors and and going, you know, having people like Billy Williams and Chris Paradiso and these people, uh, Mike Stromso. I could name about ten of them right now. Uh, David Carruthers that kind of open their books up and help you along the way. It can be shortened, but I, my definition of success is having the freedom to get out of your off your desk, out of your chair at your desk, being able to go get in your car and go do whatever it is you need to do, or go on vacation, or go, you, you know what I mean? To mm-hmm. me, that that's my definition, but I do know everybody seems to have a different definition of success.
0: Well, I think that, you know, my definition of a successful person, right, and that's changed over the years. I mean, when oh, yeah. you're younger, you look up to athletes. When you're a little bit older, you look up to business leaders, and, you know, the Jeff Bezoses of the world, and people like that, but you know, a couple of things I want to say is one, just because someone has a clean Instagram account and puts on a really good front does not mean they are successful. You know, right. one of the, the things I've been fortunate to do and Scott has been fortunate to do is we have gotten to meet a lot of our heroes and it's not always what you see is not always what you get. Almost, it's almost never what you get, you know, so, so some of my definitions of a successful person are people who honor commitments. Mm. If you're an average small business owner, but by God, you say you're going to do something and you freaking do it, like that's like a plus plus in my book. People who are not rude or hateful. You know, somebody's asked me one time, "Hey, why don't you like this person or get along with this person?" And they're not just a freaking nice person. Like I want to hang out and do business with and deal with people who are nice and kind to other people. People who have clean companies and do good business. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people in this world that are elevated and put on a certain pedestal who do not run clean companies. And probably, if they hadn't had several things go right in their life, not to say there's an overnight success, because they they certainly have done some right things, but they might not they might not be considered successful in your local chamber of commerce. They just so happen to have two million followers, therefore things tend to look a little bit better and people give you passes and things like that. People who write, who do right by their customer. You know, how many times have you dealt with a company, Scott, and you think you're going to get this way better experience than you're expecting than you normally would get, but it ends up being average experience. I think about that with a lot of insure techs. Right. There's a lot of insure techs out there that like to talk a big game Mm -hmm. and say, we're different, we're changing, and we're disrupting the industry. Saying you're disrupting an industry is like saying you're an entrepreneur or you're an influencer. If you have to say it, you probably ain't one. So there's a lot of these insure techs, I think, that try to say, hey, we're disrupting an industry and we're doing things differently, when in reality, they're not doing anything differently than any other insurance company. It just happens to have a little bit cleaner user interface. Mm -hmm. on the front end and every it's like the it's like the it's like the digital embodiment of the techie 12 year old that thinks he knows everything but doesn't right is exactly what it is you know people who treat their spouse well and have a great family life like i respect the business owner as somebody who works a lot i respect the business owner like you scott who runs a very very successful organization you've put people in place to help run your organization and you have the organizational structure so that you can go on vacation on a whim to orange beach with your wife. You can go to the gym when you want to, you can do this, you can do that.
1: Well, that's a very good definition. And I liked everything that you said. And I will say this to all you agency owners out there, a couple of points that Bradley made that I just think are just beyond right. And the first is if you're an agency owner, and this was one of the very first points he just made, Buddy, if you say you're gonna do something with your agency staff, you better damn do it, hell or high water, because especially
0: they're, if if it involves affecting their lives.
1: Sure, yeah, it's one it,
0: thing to say, hey, we're gonna implement
1: this technology, and you don't do it. But, well, here here's what's going on, guys, with all of your staff members at every one of your agencies. So imagine you're a plane on a runway. Okay, you're about to take off. You're either gaining altitude. Or you're losing altitude to crash into the ground. And I cannot tell you how many jobs that I worked in prior to being an agency owner, where people didn't do what they say they were going to do. And then the staff starts talking because they talk amongst themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, they don't believe anything you say. And you said you were going to do this. You didn't do that. Blah, 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 blah. That is one thing that I am beyond careful of is under promising and over delivering. Mm-hmm. And if I say I'm going to do something, it doesn't matter. I've got to do it. I have well, to do it.
0: Honoring your commitments is so important because and here's the thing like we all have had to cancel on people. I had to cancel on you yesterday because something came up last minute with a client in my day job. Right. <laughs> in my insurance agency. And you know, that's that's fine. But I'm a solutions guy, not a problem guy. hmm I sat in a meeting here earlier with my leadership team and they brought forth this problem and I said, okay, well, let's figure out a solution. What's the solution to this? Mm -hmm. Like it's easy to sit around and complain about stuff, but let's figure out what the, what the thing we're going to do is that's going to solve this Mm -hmm. and the way you solve having too busy of a calendar and not being able to honor your commitments is by saying, Hey, how about this day, this day, this day, and this day. Right. Right. Or when I, you know, it frustrates me when I hear about insurance agents, dming other people that they look up to in the industry and those people refusing to talk to them or being ugly or or, or whatever like totally get that where but why i have a problem with that is because scott and i that we know of have never ignored a dm or never not answered a dm or never not helped someone that we were equipped to help right yeah. I've had folks that I've had to cancel on all the time. And usually if it's someone at, you know, if I have three meetings and I've got to move one, I'm going to move the one that it's someone asking of my time. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to reschedule it and I'm going to give them exponential more time because I feel bad that I canceled on them. Right. Or put them in touch with somebody that can better help anyway. So like, that's something that's like low key, like super important to me along with just the fact that don't, Talk a big game when when you haven't done anything yourself, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, Scott. When we're in these mastermind groups, you really like to to play up the card of the redneck from Alabama and oh, you don't know, right. but 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 you've built a freaking successful insurance agency. It's way more successful than a lot of people who would be quick to criticize. Are you know?
1: Well, I appreciate you saying that. One other thing I would like to mention to all you people out there,
0: and I have I, to have one of those hats with the number five.
1: one of okay i'll get you one one of the things i i now that i'm nearly 50 years old have realized and it took me a long time to realize this i don't believe that you can have a uber successful insurance agency and be doing things that go against your morals and your values And what I mean by that, guys, that's a pretty broad statement. So I'll just let your mind wander as to what some of those things are. But if you are doing things, either going out and getting hammered drunk with your staff, or maybe not with your staff, but you've maybe got a problem with alcohol or drugs, or you're cheating on your wife, and that's taking... But when you're doing things that you're not supposed to be doing, and that you know deep down somewhere is wrong. If nothing else, okay, if it's not affecting your day-to-day like your working hours, maybe maybe you've got the Mickey Mantle gene, you can drink 24 beers and next day you're you're good, you can go in and work. You might smell like alcohol, but hey, whatever. The thing that it is doing is it's taking up brain power in your head about the next time you're going to do it or the person you're going to do it with Mm -hmm. that you could be spending that brain power thinking about processes procedures ringless voicemails what you're going to do in this agency what your goals are for next year and it took me a long time i wish somebody had told me that when i was 25 years old Mm -hmm. uh when i was and i've heard agency owners that have come on our podcast before and they kind of skirt over it a little bit, but they'll say, yeah, I went with this agency when I was 23, but I just wasn't ready to, I was not I wasn't at a place in my life where I could be successful. And I know instantly kind of without knowing exactly what it was, kind of what it was like, I know they were, you know, still in their, their, their party phase or they were well, still in
0: their Maybe not even that, maybe just like extracurricular things. Okay. Right. So one example I like to give is is it seems like everybody who is in my age range right now is super big into digital currency. Right. Yeah. 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 And I and I could be
1: something like that.
0: I yeah. It doesn't have to be something eight uh, hours a day looking at their book. Well, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like 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 literally, there's if that's your thing, by all means, go freaking for it. I'm not critical. I'm not criticizing that thing. Right. And I'm I'm speaking to this as myself. I've had buddies do like, man, I bought $800 worth of Dogecoin and I made this much. Why didn't you do that? What over and over. And I was like, you know, look, that's not my thing. That's not going to get me going. But if I put 10 grand into it, it's going to consume some of my headspace. Yep. And it's going to take my eye off the ball. And there is an opportunity cost. to the energy in your body and in the thoughts in your brain. And to me, the opportunity cost of me taking my eye off the ball of the two businesses I'm running, three, if you count the podcast along with Scott, if I take my eye off the ball of that over here, yeah, I might make 10 grand, but how much did I lose over here? So that's kind of the way that I look at it is unless I'm like super. And that's that's why I said, like, you're super into that. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. if I could invest into, you know, an early stage social media app tomorrow, like a million percent, like would do it. Like, I invested in a company in the insurance space this week. Like, so like, I, it's, that's, this, I'm just saying if it's your thing, do it. It's your thing. But like for me, I'm not going to take my eye off the ball for something that either A, I'm not super into or B, doesn't run parallel with what I'm doing here. You know right. what I mean?
1: Right. Hand and um, glove relationship. I got,
0: I got, I was one of the first people on Robin Hood.
1: Yeah. So back
0: when I got on Robin Hood, there was a waiting list. You couldn't just download it and put money in it. This was like 2014. And I tried to be like a little day trader for like, it got me so out of whack with what I was doing. All I was doing was watching a market all day.
1: You know? I, t- I told Bradley a story one day, not too long ago. This was like a month ago. So my dad always told me, he said, Scott, you got to see about your business. If he's told me that once, he's told me that a thousand times. My son, what I say to him every single day at one time or another, I will say, "How you do one thing is how you do everything." And now that's an Andy Frisella quote right there: "How you do one thing is how you do everything." But I called Bradley a couple months ago with this funny story, and this is what we'll end with today, Bradley, because I know I need to I need to go and you do as well. But I called Bradley. I had been I had gone back on my audible.com. And I had started listening to a book by Grant Cardone. And I believe the book, if I'm not mistaken, he wrote the 10 X, which love that book guys. If you want to sell three times more insurance this year than you did last year, go download 10 X by Grant Cardone. And I will promise you when you're done with that book, you will run through a wall like the Kool-Aid man but I was listening to another book of his and I believe it was sell or be sold. And he starts talking about side hustle and he's talking, he's, you know, he's, it's like a whole chapter on side hustle, side hustle. And I get to listening to it and I'm like, damn, I need a side hustle. And and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about what I could do for a side hustle. I'm like, man, what, what can I do for a side hustle? I don't know what I'm going to do. And then it dawned on me the damn podcast is a side hustle. And, and I started laughing at myself because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I already got a side hustle. Never uh, mind. See the thing. Never is, mind.
0: You know, it's, it's so funny you brought this up. So funny you brought this up. So I had a conversation. Uh, I'm on a committee, I can't say what, that we pick the speakers for an organization. This is not insurance related uh, for certain events, not insurance related. And someone brought forth a speaker. Right. And, and you guys, I've said this before, like don't understand how much we vet the people we bring on this podcast Yes, and we make sure not only it's the right person, but it goes out at the right time. And I do the same thing with this, this deal and speaker was brought up, somebody that appeared to be very successful. And I told the people on the committee, I said, there's two types of serial entrepreneurs. Okay. There's those that they are so successful at one thing and have such a bug for the entrepreneurial and business ownership journey that they have to do something else as well. And both things are successful. All three things are successful. All four things are successful. Then there's those that are average at one thing. So their solution to that is to let's start another thing. Right. That way, A, we look more successful, and B, we get a little money from here, a little money from here, a little money from here. Average time three it turns out to be pretty good. And we want to make sure that some of these folks we're bringing on as speakers aren't number two, and thankfully this person was not. So that's a theory I have around the whole side hustle thing. I don't think just because you can do a side hustle right. is it means you should, but I also think that if you are going to do a side hustle, it should run parallel with your first business. Mm. So that's why it's really easy for us to do this podcast, which is a company and right. makes a little bit of money, uh, is it runs parallel to our insurance agencies. In fact, right. our insurance agencies enhance mm. the podcast Absolutely, the podcast enhances the insurance agency. So in fact, it's like a perfect side hustle. Right. Okay. My marketing company, where we do the marketing for some of these insurance agents, is, is very parallel to my insurance agency because the things we do for our clients enhance the business and the business enhances the things we do for our clients. And I think as you, as you spread outward and add other layers to your operation, you can get further and further away from parallel because at that point you have a big organization and you have employees that can run this thing. You know, I'm a partner in a business that maybe intersects with insurance but has is not parallel to insurance hey i don't run it like the partner runs it and i check in once a month you know what i mean so i think you have to look for opportunities in that regard but just because it's there doesn't mean you need to do it you know what i mean if scott started today and came to me and said hey i'm hiring i'm starting a logging business we're gonna have a difficult conversation
1: at five o'clock today right yeah i couldn't Uh, agree with you more yeah I will, I will say, I think after you've been in the insurance business a long time, you've probably got a better chance of starting another business that is outside of what you're doing because you understand payroll and marketing. And a lot of that does translate to another type of business, but it's not something I would damn want to do you know, three, four years into the insurance business. And I've also seen insurance agents get into, uh, side hustles that were very hands-off like multifamily investing, you know, investing in an apartment complex things that are things that are just so hands-off that it's just, Hey, I've made a lot of money. I'll, instead of investing this in Bitcoin or the S and P five hundred, I'm going to invest it into an apartment complex.
0: Yeah, and you do you. I mean, right. I, I just, the, 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 all those things I just said are merely my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, but I think a lot of people would agree with it. Oh, that's, that's one of mine and Laurel's goals is to eventually, you know, deal with multifamily real estate, commercial real estate. We own we own one commercial property right now, about to buy another. Right. Um, but but the, like you said, those things are so hands off; it doesn't take. And at the end of the day, I would rather sacrifice a little bit of profit and hire a property manager. And I don't have to touch it, but a couple times a month. Exactly. You know, um, I don't, you don't, don't, I'm a big believer in not cutting your own grass. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what's, what's the opportunity cost of not cutting, you know, my brother-in-law also happens to own a lawn care business. There's that, but, you know, I would rather spend time with my family on the weekend and be on a lawnmower with a Budweiser and my AirPods in
1: my ears. (laughs) Unless...
0: I super enjoy cutting freaking grass, then right. we'll do that,
1: you know? You know, I have taken that approach now for a couple of years, and y'all can call me uppity or whatever you want to, but, like, I've got a guy that comes over here to my office. He came over here, uh, what's today? Th- it's today Thursday. He came over here Tuesday, and I had him wash my car, wax it, wash Brittany's car, wax it, wash Justin's car, wax it. And that I do that for my employees too, from time to time as, as almost like a little happy instead of like a bonus, but they get to go outside and have a clean car when they go home, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then we have somebody cleans our house once a week. We have those types of things that I've reached the point in my career where I, where I can afford them. If I, if I couldn't pay my power bill, I probably wouldn't have somebody cleaning my damn house. And if you're not,
0: if you're not utilizing the time correct you know what i mean if i'm paying right. somebody to cut my grass yep but i'm sitting on the couch watching netflix in that, yeah. like that's not right you know, that doesn't work i agree um, but, 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 but and then also too if they're doing a crappy job you don't want to yeah. do that right you know what i mean right. so there's yeah. that there's that piece of it
1: too that's exactly uh, right we got we got to wrap up here hey guys appreciate y'all listening today i uh, you do have there is a fee we now have a fee for listening to our podcast and here it is you got to hit the like button and you got to tell one friend about the podcast. Okay. I don't think that's too much to ask. Hit the like button, subscribe, tell a friend about the podcast. We love each and every one of you. And as I end every single podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out into the big bad world, build relationships. This is a relationship business. You can automate this thing to run like a, like a freaking sewing machine, but you're still going to have to build relationships. You're going to have to go out and make money for your friends, your family, your wife, your husband, your parents that are struggling out there, your kid's college fund. You got to pay for travel baseball. You got to pay for the house cleaner. You got to pay for all your taxes and all your people and health insurance and everything else. Go make money to pay the bills today and live the life that you want to live and have the success and the freedom. Remember what I said earlier, guys, the freedom that you want to do what you want to do. Go do that. Write good business for the companies that you represent and write good business for the agencies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, buddy. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love you very much. We appreciate all of you, and we thank you for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com.